Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the IDP Army Offensive Points crossover episode. We got Jordan Reigns in the house and, of course, Billy Mansell and myself, Josh Hall. As you hear, you're not hearing Joe's awesome intros, and it's not going to be that kind of intro. So my apologies. <laughs> Keep listening. I think the podcast gets better as it goes on. Uh, we got camp news in full swing. Uh, we have real news even in swing. Uh, we're losing people already, which is sad days. Uh, but here we are in the full uh, swing of fantasy football. We are in August. The Hall of Fame game is tomorrow or today or yesterday, depending on when you're Woo! listening. We got mm-hmm. football, ladies and gentlemen. How, how are we feeling? Feeling good, right. man. The weather is hot and the takes are only going to get hotter from here, gentlemen. That is, This is the season for hot takes and the season for camp news. So let's talk a little smidge of camp news, um, primarily the injury front. And we'll just start right with the big injury. Well, big. I don't want to hate on Tim Patrick it's, like that. It's a big, it, it's injury. a big, it's a big fa- uh, fancy football injury, I think. Um, and that's Tim Patrick towards ACL in camp um, out for the season guys. Does this change the Broncos at all? In your opinion? Um, number one, this is a big injury. I know Tim Patrick isn't the sexiest name in the world, but this man has been putting in work. He is the Greg Ward of the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the Eagles today. Uh, not as much as you'd think, but it, it will come up. It will come up because I will make sure that it happens. That connection but is insane. I think this affects the Denver Broncos in a in a positive way, honestly, at least for now, how does that possible sake. for the fantasy football sake of the Denver Broncos? You're going to have more receptions around. Obviously, no one wants Tim Patrick injured, uh, but Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are going to immediately benefit from it. So uh, in the fantasy football world, it does make a difference, but in the football world, we're not happy about it. 
Yeah, I don't have a strong take. Um, I'm kind of out on Denver's wide receivers anyway. Tim Patrick was kind of the least of those for fantasy. Sucks, but we know he got paid well a year or two ago. It was an ACL tear, right? So, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, he should recover uh, and be be back. So, that's a good thing to hear. And just hopefully he has a good rehab and the the Broncos have a half-decent season. That'd be nice for them. Hopefully so. I feel like this does not change Courtland Sutton, does not change Jerry Judy. I think slightly bumps Javante and Melvin Gordon a little bit. And Alvin, or Alvin, LOL, Albert O, maybe a little bit bump for him as well. But overall. Does, not that we want to burn up the whole time talking about the Broncos, but does Hamler or someone else slot well, in there? You can pick the, up Hamler, but I think it's a classic mistake if you pick up Hamler because I think you're going to think He's going to be heavily involved now because Tim Patrick's going to, but it, I think it's going to just get um, spread out through the other guys um, and mainly some of those lesser options than them. So, especially in redraft, no, don't, don't go out and get Hamler. Just leave him on the waivers, see what happens. 100%. Like As shirt he says. says, with his shirt. We're not Andy. even on video yet. We're not on video yet, which is funny. Um, anywho, on to Cowboys. They lost James Washington to an ACL tear. Well, I don't think it was an ACL tear. That was a bro- broken foot. Broken. Yeah, foot. it was like a Dang. Uh, something injury, like a Liz Frank injury. I don't know some some kind of foot injury because he landed wrong. It was actually funnily enough, it was on a play where Trayvon Diggs looked like he got burnt. Um, the the video kind of makes that play look a little bit worse than it actually was, but. Uh, James Washington ends up hurting himself on that one. I think he was only going to be the wide receiver three anybody, anyway, but, I mean, guys, does this boost anybody else on the team up, in your opinion? I think, if anything, it hurts the Dallas Cowboys a lot, like because they're going to be missing Michael Gallup for a potential few games. So they're, it should boost CD lamb, but at the same time, that's pretty much the only receiver. And then Jalen Tolbert's first game as a rookie probably won't be the best. So... I mean, he could come out and just have a hot rookie start, but I my, personally, I'm thinking that this is going to hurt the Cowboys with their already shallow wide receiver core. Yeah, I agree. I think the person who you know gets hit the most is Dak. Uh, I do still believe Dak is a great pick this year. He's been a great quarterback, uh, finishing you know, I believe like in the top ten in points per game, top six pretty regularly um, the last last few years. Being drafted as QB eleven right now, it hurts him, but We've seen good quarterbacks overcome. Uh, C.D. Lamb did have a bit of a breakout last year, hence his current ADP. Uh, if anything, you know, we, we all we know, C.D. Lamb's going to get a lot, a lot, a lot of targets now. But, again, I, I think it might hurt the upside of – or the potential upside of what Dak Prescott could have put forth this year. I agree. I just I think, think it's going to start him off slow, which is the worst part because he's already missing Gallup. He's now he's missing James Washington. Yeah, these aren't big names, but together they form a Amari Cooper basically. So they're basically without Amari Cooper and will be actually feeling it without the fill-ins. I can agree with that. All right. Um, just so the podcast audience out there knows, uh, there ha- there isn't any Deshaun Watson news that we know of. We know that we're right now as we're recording know that the league appealed. This is the suspension that was given out in the six games. We do not know the conclusion of that. So we're not, we're not going to discuss it further. We'll talk about it next week, but we'll just be speculating right now. And by the time you're listening to this, there'll probably be a ruling and you will know, and we won't have known it at this point. So just going to touch on that next week. That's why we're not talking about it. It's not that because we missed it. We're just, we don't have the full story yet. So just want to cover that before we get into the rest of this podcast. 
And so let's just move on to the main event. We are talking well about. Can I, can oh, I yeah, jump yeah. in really, ahead, really quick? I have a couple of notes. They're a few days old from training camp, but I just want to throw them in here. Sure. One, I saw that Von Miller apparently is looking really good at training camp. I've been bumping him up a little bit in my rankings. Still, I think he's 33 years old. He signed for a couple of years, had like 19 tackles for a loss last year. Played all the games that you wanted to see him play. Played for two teams, was still productive. So I moved him up my rankings. Roquan Smith, I believe he's still on the pup, but that's not really an actual injury. I think that's because of a contract situation we're working on. I listened to Matt Eberflus, I believe, is their new coach. Uh, is that his name right, Matt Eberflus? He did a press conference, uh, and he was talking about that um, and basically said he's on the pup because he doesn't want to play because – he wants a new contract, but they're working on it. He says he's in the building. He's studying. He's doing everything except for that. So that's good. Uh, everything about Carl Lawson coming out is just all hype. We're right back to where we were. He's a freak. Like the literal, the actual quote from uh, head coach, I can't think of his name right now, was he's a freak. Um, so that's how he's been tearing up camp for the Jets. Robert Quinn, also in the building for the Bears, which is good. Had second most sacks in the league last year. And then Kevin Byard. A lot of good things coming out of camp about Kevin Byard. Don't sleep on him as a top-end defensive back you can get as a defensive back, too. So, just wanted to update you. That's my, like, little version of camp news right there. So, uh, sorry, Billy. I forgot to mention as well, uh, Anthony Barr signed with the Cowboys. Uh, The Cowboys were supposedly in the talks to maybe trade for Deion Jones from Atlanta. Since he is not going to play for Atlanta, it looks like this season, uh, they're going to find a new trade partner now because it appears as if that's not going to happen. So Anthony Barr is in the building. I don't know which one of the linebackers this affects mainly, but this might mean that Micah Parsons is going to be a defensive end this year. Just maybe, maybe a hint. I love that for Micah Parsons. Yes. Also, they were pretty shallow at linebacker. So they were, if, if it wasn't, if Micah Parsons wasn't going to play linebacker, they, really were so i guess that's what we're looking at there <clears throat> all right well what, what's the main event billy we got a whole thing going on here let's get it all right the main event is sleepers so we are in august so the drafts are coming up really quickly so we're going to give you uh i think it's i think seven players that are outside of the top 24 in underdog adp Okay. Seven. And, he uh, was doing seven. Yes. Okay. He was doing seven. My bad. I, the visual uh, is messing with me, but whatever. <laughs> We're, we got seven players. We're going to talk sleepers in this video. There's 24 uh, top 24 players are excluded from this list. It's people outside the top 24 that could potentially finish in the top five overall. If everything lands right. And we're going to get into that right away. And I'll start us off with Mr. Keenan Allen from the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. So in 2021, he had a career year in receptions, guys. That It was the best year he's ever had in terms of reception. So in PPR, obviously, he was a monster and going to look like it this year. So right now he's going at uh, 28 overall, which is just outside that 24. Wide receiver 12. I believe that there is a very good chance that he could end up in not only the top 10, but I think the top five as well. Um, he had the second most targets in his career last season and each four of the last five seasons, he has ended the season with 1100 yards under his belt. Now there is a three in front of his age now, which scares a lot of people, but as a guy who just turned 30 myself and am not in the same shape as Keenan Allen, 
I think he's fine. He's going to be fine, and he's got Justin Herbert throwing him the ball. So I think this year Chargers are going to have to throw a lot. I think they are going to lean a little bit more on the run um, possibly, but I think that Justin Herbert is going to clean up a little bit. Uh, Accuracy, still a tad bit of an issue with him last year, but I think this year we clean that up. Um, I'm not worried about Josh Palmer being the wide receiver three there, not yet anyway. Uh, Mike Williams, as Joe likes to say, is a fraud. I think last season was the best you're going to see from Mike Williams. I think Keenan Allen is probably going to have the second best year of his career this season, and I think that could land him in the top five. Gentlemen, thoughts? I was going to say, you're lucky Joe's not here right now because that Mike Williams take was coming hot. Fake, phony. He's not doing anything. It was a contract year. Uh, but I, I want to get to something real quick, and this is a little off topic, but you just tried to trade me Josh Palmer in a league, and I, I don't appreciate you so the yet. day of the podcast. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, but yeah. no, I completely agree. Completely agree. Keenan Allen is a beast. Uh, he had one year lost injury. I think people tagged that injury prone to his name. Like, oh, well, he was injured, you know, about a year and a half lost in his entire career, which is what, like nine seasons now and has done it straight for five years, you're not missing out when you're getting Keenan Allen. You're not like, ah, I guess I'll take Keenan Allen. He's kind of got that Cooper Cup mentality to him. It's like, ah, I guess I'll take Cooper Cup. Last year, nobody wanted Cooper Cup. It was just like, sure, whatever, I guess I'll take him. And then they end up being the wide receiver one. Not saying that's Keenan Allen, but pretty great receiver. And Justin Herbert's only going to get better. I mean, it literally was his second year last year, and he's still learning, so... I like the I like the Allen pick here, you know, outside of the top 24. So he does fit the description that you gave. I will say my guys are uh, maybe don't have quite quite that much upside, but I still think they're good sleepers. Um, you know, wide receiver 12, he, you know, guys going around him. I do definitely like him a lot more than them. And I think it's important, you know, just as much as it is to hit on a guy is to not pick the wrong guys, you know, avoid the grenades that are around him. Um, and you can't really get much safer than Keenan Allen. You know, he, he, he wins the way that uh, you want a player to win long, you know, over the long term. That's why he has been so good year over year over year over year, uh, playing with a, in a variety of types of situations. Uh, and now he has, you know, a really, really good quarterback in Justin Herbert. So I like the pick here. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'd call it a true, true sleeper, but you get him as basically a borderline wide receiver one with the kind of consistency you're going to get and the upside. I do love it. Um, and these, these, uh, you know, these the ADP data we're using does come from underdog. Go check them out. There's a link in the description. If you're watching the video or listening to the podcast, click on that or use the code IDP army and you're going to get a $100 uh, first time deposit match bonus because you, uh, you know, we sent you over there. So go check them out. They're a great platform to play best ball fantasy. You can play tournaments or you can create leagues with your friends just to get the drafting experience and, you know, win, win a few bucks here and there. So um, that's where we're getting all of our ADP information because we live draft on there every day. So you guys should join us over there. But um, Billy, any final thoughts on Keenan Allen? Um, no, I guess, you know, I should have framed this list less like sleeper, more like league winner, like this player going you know, potentially in the third round of a draft I like that. League could, could win you a league. I guess that's how I should have framed the overall video. But at the same time, I think Keenan Allen is a guy who consistently gets slept on and he always seems to prove, you know, the doubters wrong. And I think this year he's going to probably, I don't know, I still think he can have his best year 
of his career, especially in PPR. So well, and that's the thing is he hasn't had a like monster year yet. He's had very good years consistently, which is phenomenal. So he did have a wide receiver right. three back in 2017, but um, I think the biggest thing here is the wide receiver falls off a cliff from here. The next, like I, I have another guy in the list. We're not going to get too far into it, but um, you're going to fall off a cliff and you're going to get those. Ooh, I don't know how I feel about this quarterback or I don't know. So I love it. I personally think Keenan Allen can easily hop a couple people up on that list. If not end up being in the top five, like you said, Bill, I agree. Okay, let's move on to the second one I have today, and that is Mr. Brees Hall coming at you from the New York Jets. Now, Jets running backs, they're a scary proposition all the way around. If you took Michael Carter last year thinking he was going to be, you know, this, like uh, the the potential league winner, uh, it didn't really come to fruition exactly how you thought. But he is currently going 42 overall in underdog ADP, uh, running back 18. And here's the thing, guys. Over the last, I think – the thing I read was the last like 10 years, there's always been at least one rookie running back that has weaseled their way into the top 10 of running backs. And I think Brees Hall could be that guy. So I don't have any stats to tell you from last year because he is a rookie, but I do have what he did at Iowa state. And he was what I thought was Le'Veon Bell esque. And I know Le'Veon Bell played for the jets, but I think that this is, you know, a young 23 year old, version of Le'Veon Bell that is going to come in to the Jets right away. I think their offense is ascending. I think that behind Zach Wilson, they got Garrett Wilson there now. I think that this year is the year that they finally put it all together, and I think Brees Hall is a guy that's going to be able to transcend RB18 and potentially finish as one of the top running backs in the league. Now, I know it's, like I said, the Jets – um, and they are going to be down a lot, but Brees Hall is a very useful in the pass game. He's going to be able to get both of those. Michael Carter is there, but it's more, I think, going to be in a complimentary role. I don't think it's going to be a split back situation like Javante Williams, for example. Um, I know that scared a lot of people last year, and I mean, kind of rightfully so, but I still think Javante Williams was very usable. And you're not going to have to worry about this year with that this year with Brees Hall because I think he's going to get a bulk of the work, maybe 75% of the work. And Michael Carter might get 25, and and that could be something that we see going into the season. And for that reason, I think Brees Hall could be the guy this year that ends up winning you a league. So I have many things, but just in the sake of not of keeping this nice and friendly, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk good about my uh, my friend with the namesake of me. Uh, so Brees Hall, the one good thing about him is I think this is what the Jets are missing. They are missing a bell cow back to shoulder some work while they try to not fall, fall, fall down. Obviously there is a chance that they get behind and they don't have that chance, but Saquon Barkley came to a pretty rough New York giants and did a very similar thing and kind of propped them up to where the past game has a little bit more of a chance. Um, so the good thing about Brees Hall is that he is that bell cow, bell cow back. He, everything is undisputed best running back in this draft it is unfortunate that he went to the New York Jets, uh, but I think the New York Jets are building something here. They do have some uh, offensive weapons here and a pretty decent defense, which even though it doesn't really look like it, um, once again, weapons, not full defense. Like, do not draft the New York Jets defense if you're in a team defense league, which, by the way, just real quick plug, stop doing that. It's dumb. 
get into IDP. It's way better. These players <laughs> actually deserve those interceptions and touchdowns and points. Not your, oh, I picked the uh, Bills defense because uh, they get uh, plays and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, back to Brees Hall. Sorry, I get off topic pretty easily. But uh, no, I, I, I was actually really excited about Brees Hall before he got drafted by the Jets, and it did kill me a little bit. I think I went on a tirade, and I say I think. I definitely went on a tirade against Brees Hall. But it's because of the Jets. There is off, an offense here. It's just going to take some time, and this man could be the turning point for that team. So, All right. I, I, I think I, you know, generally speaking, I'm out on – Jets running backs just as a matter of principle. Um, but this is not your, you know, it feels like the Jets get hyped up every year, but they really do seem to actually have the talent and leadership around them. And there doesn't really seem to be any sort of huge pitfalls, like, you know, a terrible, terrible coach or an absolutely terrible quarterback per se. Uh, so, you know, having a solid run game makes a, a big difference. You know, I was actually just thinking today, you know, about Patrick Mahomes, you know, the 50 touchdown season. And I'm like, what was it about that season that made us so confident in Patrick Mahomes? And now we're kind of like, not that we're less confident, but I think his ADP is like the third quarterback off the board. And the thing he hasn't had since that season is a run game. You know, he had Kareem Hunt, who led the league at rushing, who caught mm -hmm. a ton of passes for him, who they could hand the ball off to. And what did that do? That allowed Patrick Mahomes to scorch the earth. You know, while he's still been good since then, they've kind of struggled patching things together. So I think that a solid run game can be massively can, can be a little bit underrated because the concept of a running back in and of itself being replaceable. But I think the idea of a good run game um, with a good running back can really elevate every everything on the team. So I like him here, especially as a late, you know, a late back end RB2. I think he's a good guy to get some exposure to. Uh, you know, an underdog for sure. And I, I have not been practicing what I'm preaching here, but as I think about it more, you know, you've laid out some good arguments and I think that I'm going to be taking him as some more drafts going forward. Yeah. I just like, just to close it out. So last year, Michael Carter, um, this is via Warren Sharp, uh, Michael Carter in every game he played last year, three games, he had above a 60% snap share. Like every other game, it was a true split backfield. Brees Hall comes in, drafted in the second round of the NFL draft, is going to immediately be able to take over the main share of the workload with Michael Carter being the guy that compliments him for that. I think that should have shown you last year how much they did not trust Michael Carter, and I think this year they're just going to have Brees Hall come in and be that guy right away, and I think that you're going to have a guy that gets the lion's share of the work, and he's going to be able to produce. So Brees Hall. A guy that bang, you're gonna bang. want on your team. All right, Josh. All right. Well, getting into uh, a little bit later, but not quite too late. Um, not this guy, but we'll get into someone soon. So my first guy is Michael Pittman, um, and he broke out in a huge way last year. Uh, Wentz obviously had his struggles throughout the season, and I'm not going to make this into a Wentz rant because I know Josh talks about the Eagles, but. Pittman still ended up with the stat line of 88 catches, 1,100 yards, and six touchdowns with shoddy quarterback play. So now he has Matt Ryan at the helm, a man who averaged 4,500 yards per season the last, I don't know, three decades or however long he's been playing. Um, and yes, this is a shadow of Matt Ryan, um, and we are going to see plenty of Jonathan Taylor. But this is the same guy who threw 110 targets to Pitts last year and 94 to Russell Gage while missing time. And he's been averaging about 400 completion mark 
and 25 touchdowns for the last decade. So this is including the last two years where he had about 3,700 yards throughout. So um, the Falcons were, you know, one of the worst teams at that point. So uh, last, last year, though, Pittman had 129 targets with Wentz thrown it to him. And mostly this is due to him being the only real competent receiver on the team. Uh, and the closest to him was Zach Pascal with 69. Nice. Uh, who is now on a different team. Uh, uh, needless to say, it's a team that I know very well. Um, so Pittman did only have six touchdowns, but with the, the amount of targets that is open to this team and a upgrade at quarterback, uh, Pittman does have a chance to take that kind of Cooper Cup-like next step. Uh, and yes, before you get, oh, I oh, Cooper Cup, let's talk about it. Well, Cooper Cup went from 124 to 191 targets last year. Now, I'm not saying that Pittman is this year's Cooper Cup, but this is about where Cooper Cup was drafted, uh, and I believe that he easily has a chance to be that wide receiver one. I'm not saying the wide receiver one. I'm saying in that wide receiver one category. Uh, Pittman does have a couple inches and a slight advantage on Cooper Cup's 40 time, uh, and he also kind of has that same MO as Cup had last year. So with a veteran coming, coming in, a veteran quarterback coming in, the teams in hope of a Super Bowl late in his career. Uh, getting him at wide receiver 13 in the third or fourth round, in my opinion, is an absolute steal. This is right before the wide receivers fall off to the Deontay Johnsons, the weird quarterback. I don't know how I feel about it. Well, Pittman's not that guy, even with Matt Ryan. This man gets no recognition right now because of his namesake. Uh, nobody thinks of Pittman as a sexy name right now. And I personally think you're going to be kicking yourself if you don't grab him. All he is missing right now is going to break with, with Matt Ryan. And I don't know. We won't find that out till week one. So what are you guys thinking about? Well, before Michael I, before I, before I let Jordan just completely demolish Michael Pittman, because I know that he's just ready. He's got a bulldozer ready. I think you're right. I think Michael Pittman is going to get most of the targets for Indy this year. I mean, they don't really have anybody else on that roster to threaten him for targets. No tight end. I mean, you could argue Jonathan Taylor, sure, if you want to say that he's going to get targets, but not enough to do anything close to what Michael Pittman's going to get. Um, Alec Pierce has looked pretty good, but I still think he's a red zone target for, uh, as a rookie there. Um, I'm just not convinced by anyone else on that roster that like Michael Pittman's not going to get the bulk of the work. And we've seen Matt Ryan in the past when he's got one receiver to focus on for the entire year, he can make magic happen. Now, do I think Michael Pittman is Julio Jones? Hell no. Do I think he's Calvin Ridley? Uh, maybe eventually, but not really. Um, Michael Pittman could, you know, this year with my uh, Matt Ryan could prove useful. And I think that you are correct. He is going outside where he should right now. I think where he could end up by the end of the season um, exactly fits the bill of what we're talking right here. He could win you a league. That is definite. All right, Jordan, I held you off long enough. All right. So he's going at the 28.4 pick wide receiver 13. He's the first wide receiver two off the board. <clears throat> Michael Pittman played 17 games last year and barely squeaked over a thousand yards. I think he had like a thousand sixty two yards. Okay. Mm -hmm. This guy's played in 30 games in his career. So we have a pretty decent sample size. 25 of them he's been a starter. And in that time he's only had three games with over 100 receiving yards. And only one game with multiple touchdowns. Okay. And only two games with double digit receptions. He's going in the same neighborhood of guys like Mike Williams, DJ Moore, T. Higgins. T. Higgins had four 100 plus yard receiving games last year alone. 
and he played 14 games, less than half of the entire career of Michael Pittman. And you can get this guy very similar ADPs. And one of his 100-yard receiving games was 194 yards. Like the idea that Michael Pittman would be drafted anywhere close to somebody like that is honestly to me insane. And if you go look at at, at, at the a if the actual you know first two years of Michael Pittman versus Brandon Ayuk, it's eerie how close they are in every single metric. Brandon Ayuk is available as wide receiver forty right now. Michael Pittman wide receiver thirteen. I'm one hundred percent out. We just saw Matt Ryan get the best wide receiver prospect slash you know tight end whatever you want to call Pittman Pitts, and this guy barely got eleven hundred yards. You can't tell me that you think that Michael Pittman is going to get more. Is, is Michael Pittman a better talent than than Kyle Pitts at a, as a receiver as a pass? <laughs> no, you're asking I, the wrong I, person. No, but I don't know how those two things are the same. I mean, well, he got, well they're both good. They're both the got, target. They're both Kyle Pitts got the touchdowns. He would have been perfectly fine last season, and that would have been a really great wide receiver season if Michael Pittman had done the same. He just didn't get the touchdowns. I mean, he had six touchdowns last year. That's plenty. I mean, plenty of guys had six touchdowns last year and were a lot more useful for fantasy. Kyle Pitts had a good tight end season. I don't. Um, I, I, I don't. Your arguments are all invalid because all the people you listed off were going before him. T. Higgins like five picks beforehand, so it's not close to me. DJ Still Moore. DJ okay. Moore going after him. DJ, DJ Moore. We've already him. talked about on this podcast, and he's not doing better than he's ever done. And Pittman has the chance to do better than he's ever done, which is one year of yeah, actual he starting. He hasn't done very NFL. good. When you don't do very good, you have he, plenty of opportunities to do. Really Eleven hundred yards with, and this is my. Has argument. he played with Matt Carson Ryan? That's the curious the part. Has he played with Matt Ryan in a game before? No. No. Okay. Well, then we don't know because Carson. I think. Sorry, Josh. Carson Wentz isn't a good not, quarterback. Do you not think that wide receiver thirteen off the board is a little rich? Do you, know, do you guys actually think that's justified? I just want to. I, yes, I, I, I do. I absolutely do. Okay. I'm not saying okay. reach for him. I'm not saying draft him ahead of the other people. I just you I'm draft Michael is... Pittman at his wide receiver thirteen ADP. One hundred percent. I'm on a regular him. basis. Yep. Yeah. Why, why would Why players. would you take DJ Moore before him? DJ I don't Moore want to slander my I don't want to slander my guy, but why? Like you, you mentioned DJ Moore. Why would you take DJ Moore before Michael Pittman? I didn't say I would take him before him. Uh, I would rather you know, why take did him. you comp them to? Like, why did you bring? Well, I mean, they're in that same area. Well, I, I would never take Michael Pittman. I would always take these other. I, I don't want to. Like, you guys, you, you laid out your arguments for why you like him as a sleeper. I think a guy that had a thousand and sixty-two yards in his career as a high point is as a wide receiver 13 is a little bit high okay you keep saying like you're you're adding these years together like he like was a starter last his rookie year he was a rookie he came in second year with carson wentz who was pretty inaccurate he had 130 targets and only caught 90 of them okay. uh sure a lot of them are uncatchable so anyway let's get let's into my next guy before next we week, before we argue next, this uh... to death Draft yourself some Michael Pittman. Don't listen. As soon to as I saw he's Michael the, Pittman, I knew this he's was the happen. defensive guy. <laughs> Michael Pittman gets no recognition. You're gonna be happy with him. All right. Speaking of vacated targets, let's get into my next guy, AJ Dillon. Um, Green Bay's receiving core is, to put it lightly, in shambles right now. Uh, there's some new guys on the team, but De- uh, Devonte Adams is departed, and that's leaving 150 plus targets up for grabs. Uh, and while plenty of these should go to uh, the quite possibly worst wide receiver core in the NFL right now, a lot, in my opinion, if not the majority, will go to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Speaking of Aaron Jones, let's get into him real quick. Uh, The Packers basically made a concerted effort last year to not use Aaron Jones last year as much as possible. I kept thinking it was for the playoffs. It 
really wasn't. It's basically for Dylan's imminent takeover. Uh, but let's put a pause on that talk for a, for a moment and let's get into the receiving core. Uh, we have Sammy one game Watkins. Um, so he has had one season of more than 90 targets in the last five years. And that was three years ago, I believe, and only caught about 50 of them. So let's go ahead and scratch that. Uh, Randall old man Cobbs, uh, who has had <laughs> one good season in the last six. And that wasn't even with Rogers who he played with two of if five and six years ago. Uh, and he's good for, I don't know, 40 targets. We got Romeo Dubes and Christian Watson. Uh, both have chances, but both are rookies and could have good years with Rodgers, but I'm not trusting them enough to. And the latter, Watson is starting off already on the pup list, not practicing with Rodgers, which is what he needs to be. So we'll give them 80-ish targets together, and don't worry, I add some later. Um, Alan Lazard, who everyone is projecting to be the best wide receiver on the team, has been averaging 500 yards per season at this point on 50 targets. Uh, even though every time I ask a Packers fan about this receiving core, they say, well, we have Sammy Watkins. So personally, even fans aren't expecting much from Lazard Jesus. here. Um, and then let's not forget about Robert Tanyan, who had one good year with 50 catches and I believe like 11 touchdowns, ridiculously. Uh, but the other two were 30 and 15, and the former was lost to injury. Uh, but that's catches in throughout a year. So let's go ahead and give him 60 targets just to be nice. Uh, that makes 280 targets for the receiving core. And you're thinking, wow, I thought Rodgers threw the ball a lot more than that. <laughs> you would be right. Rodgers throws the ball about 500, 600 times a year. Um, so right now with my weird, terrible, probably math, I've never been good at in the math subject. That shows <laughs> around a, rop a whopping like 300 available targets for uh, Rodgers. And yeah, I'm sure I someone, I don't know who after listing all of those people you're excited about will get some more targets. So let's subtract 100 from the available targets. That's still 200 targets. Uh, that, in my opinion, are mostly going to the running backs. So sorry about the roundabout way of talking about this terrible receiving core, uh, but I just wanted to put this into layman's terms for you. This all makes Dylan the most valuable second running back on any team. Taking over Kareem Hunt's uh, role that he's had for the last couple seasons, Dylan isn't a traditional pass-catching running back. He's <clears throat> six foot, 247, compared to Jones's uh, 5'9", 208. But last year, he made every single one of his catch count. He had 34 of 37 targets while still outrushing Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones did have, I think, 50-ish catches. Um, do not quote me on that. I didn't look that one up. Dylan is currently going at running back 24 in the sixth round, um, depending on if you're in 10 or 12-man leagues. Uh, if Jones were to just go down, like get injured at all, he would step into one of the biggest roles that any running back could have other than maybe Jonathan Taylor uh, while already knowing what it's like to be heavily involved. Uh, to me, A.J. Dillon to the moon. Make the trade if you can in Dynasty and draft him when the time feels right. You got plenty of time. You got six rounds to be like, oh, I think it's A.J. Dillon time. So, gentlemen, what are we thinking about A.J. Dillon? Let's let Jordan go first because I feel like he hates everything I say so far. I don't hate everything <laughs> you say. I, I like I like A.J. Dillon. I mean, as a running back, as your running back too, if he does get like a 50-50 split like people are talking, um, and even if he doesn't necessarily do that in games, we know that Aaron Jones, you know, he's a very efficient, expl expl efficient, explosive guy, but they'll pull him out sometimes and they'll give, you know, Aaron or Dylan the chance to to tote the ball. And he's shown he can be good. So there's definitely upside to be had with him. Uh, I, I like drafting him and I have him in a couple of dynasty leagues. I think this time next year, he's going to be a very valuable dynasty asset, even if it's just for a one or two year window, because um, I think he's going to take over as their primary back uh, eventually, essentially. So, 
All right. So I kind of talked about this with me and Joe did a slight underdog show um, stacks last week. And I kind of was talking about how I think the Green Bay Packers should use their own offense. And I think that they should do the Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb situation in Green Bay. I think A.J. Dillon should be the uh, Nick Chubb role and they should put Aaron Jones in the Kareem Hunt role and just roll with both backs out there, both used very often and both very fantasy relevant all the time. I think that that's how they should do it because this receiving core is not up to par. Um, Alan Lazard is fine, but he's not a good wide receiver one. I still think, I think their wide receiver one is still Aaron Jones in the backfield currently. I, I think that that he's going to see most of the targets and I don't know how else they're going to figure that out. Robert, Robert Tunyon will be good as a tight end. Um, if Watson ever gets to camp, Sure, maybe uh, Christian Watson will be something, but I don't have high hopes because he simply is not there gaining reps with Rodgers right now, which is concerning. And then Romeo Dubs, who could be uh, a player for them coming out of Nevada, I don't, you know, he's a rookie and he's like a fifth round wide receiver. So I think this year is a great year to have AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. I think they're both draftable. And I think if you took both of them on your team, they're both going to be relevant. You won't have to do this whole, well, should I play this one to this week? Should I play this one? This I think you play both of them at the same time. And I think they're both going to have massive fantasy success this year. So I think Aaron or AJ Dillon's a perfect player to have on this list. I think the biggest thing about AJ Dillon is the fact that he can catch balls. Um, yeah, he didn't see an expanded amount of targets, but at the same time, this man is a beast and a pinball. And when they start using him on the goal line, I would not be surprised because I don't think Rogers has Rogers doesn't have Devonte Adams anymore. So I don't think he's really comfortable throwing jump balls to Christian Watson and Sammy Watkins. Obviously, I imagine Tanyan will get his touchdowns for sure, but at the same time, AJ Dillon just makes so much sense to get the rushing touchdowns already. So let's put 10 on the board there and then let's put some pass catching in there as well to the vacated targets. I just, I think AJ Dillon's a no brainer in redraft this year. And then, I mean, obviously in dynasty, I think like Jordan's getting a couple years out of him at the very least, but Aaron Jones has done a pretty decent job as the green Bay running back. And that was without them running the ball heavily, which as Billy alluded to probably going to be the case this year. So huge fan. This man can just jump up, jump up some numbers. And I think he's going to, so. All right, we are going to play a quick promo for the Underdog Fantasy platform. Use code IDPARMY. Use the link in the description. Come play Underdog Fantasy with us. The best place to play best ball. They have tournaments. They have all kinds of sports. TGA. They have MLB, NBA, etc. So uh, hop on there. You can draft with us like today, like right now. Hey, IDP Army. Hope you guys and gals are enjoying the episode we have for you today. We want to take a little break and tell you about our partners at Underdog Fantasy. Use the link in the description or the code IDPARMY when you sign up. They're going to give you a deposit match bonus of up to $100. And you can play all kinds of sports on Underdog Fantasy, not just NFL. They have NFL, NBA, MMA, PGA. They have everything. If you're in any sport, they generally have something there for you. Go check them out. Tell them we sent you. Go sign up for the Best Ball Mania 3 draft. That is their giant draft that they have every year. Best Ball draft. The winner of that this year is going to win $1 million. The total prize pool is $10 million. We've got content on the channel for it. We have episodes of the podcast for it. We have rankings for it. Go sign up for Underdog Fantasy. That's where we play best ball. Hopefully, we will see you in a draft. Thanks, and now back to the show. 
What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, y'all. We appreciate you, everybody that has uh, signed up with our promo code. But it's in leagues with us. Um, if you're going to be out in Canton with us, we're going to be doing some live drafts out there at the Fantasy Football Expo. Come by our table, our booth, draft with us, hang out with us, chat with us. But um, I'm going to hit y'all with my last, with the last sleepers here. Uh, this one is probably going to be kind of surprising to people because he's getting a lot of hate. But I am in on Antonio Gibson this year. ADP 74, running back 25. All Antonio Gibson did last year in 2021 was touch the ball 300 times. That was the fourth most in the league. He also caught 42 passes. That was one of Jonathan Taylor, more than Dalvin Cook, the same number of passes as Joe Mixon. All right, He proved himself to be a competent pass catcher, and that was what had people so excited about him last year when I was a little bit out on him. He was going, as I believe, running back 12 last season. I thought that was a little rich given the overall offense that the Washington Commanders had. Um, but he went out this year, and he did what most people projected him to do. He touched the ball a lot. He caught a bunch of passes. He actually caught more than he had the year before. And right now he's being drafted as running back 25. You can get him as a running back three, even though he basically went out and kind of proved people wrong. So I've been wondering what it is about him that makes people not really comfortable with him, um, especially when players that got out similar carries and touches as him are going as locked and loaded RB1s. And given that he proved he could be a workhorse, even though he did struggle with injury last year, we had the foot problem. I think he had a shoulder issue too at one point, but he went out there and he, he touched the ball and he was a workhorse. They draft a third round running back, James, uh, Brian Robinson, I believe. And now everybody's out on this guy, a guy that people pushed up into the running back one conversation last year is now being pushed into the running back three conversation. I don't understand it. Um, the only thing I can think about is maybe it was because he had a very, very, very low touchdown total given the number of touches he had last year. Uh, his touchdown total was seven on the ground and then three receiving. Not terrible, 10 overall, but for as many touches as he had, other players in that similar area, I mean, they were getting 18 to 20. So it didn't feel quite the same, even though the volume was there. And another thing I noticed was he had a very uncharacteristic six fum uh, fumbles last year 
lost several of those. So that's going to that's gonna cost you some fantasy points there as well. So not a lot of touchdowns, giving yourself some negative plays with the fumbles and then fumbles lost. I don't think people really are able to zoom out and realize that Antonio Gibson did what we wanted him to do last year. And for whatever reason, we are choosing not to acknowledge it and choosing to suppress it. And I need to know why. So he's one of my favorite league winner type players. I think, uh, you know, we just saw Jonathan Taylor, the other guy who touched the ball, one of the only players that touched the ball more than him, just played with Carson Wentz. Yeah, the offensive line was different, whatever, whatever. But the offense and the the, the, the team has shown that they want to, they've been willing to give him the ball. So I don't understand. How, I'm drafting him everywhere I can at running back 25. Before Billy gets a chance to speak, because he's going to be like, well, Brian Robinson, and then they got McKissick. And yeah, they do have McKissick. They do have him there. They have Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson is a safety blanket because they saw what happened last year when McKissick went down. That was such a big part of their passing offense because they didn't have many receivers. Deami Brown was garbage. Curtis Samuel died or something. Uh, yeah, there was Terry <laughs> McLaurin, but he can't shoulder at all. And then Logan Thomas went down too. So listen, Antonio Gibson has been running back 11 in his rookie year and running back 10 in his sophomore year. And I don't know what respect he deserves to be running back 25. It makes no sense. I'm all in on Antonio Gibson. I think you're getting him at his discount. This is the perfect person to go get as much as I want to disagree with Jordan because he's just a Jordan. Um, <laughs> this is going on YouTube, man. I'm trying to be nice. All right. But. In general, Antonio Gibson does not dis deserve the disrespect he gets. He's had 11 and 10 touchdowns his first two years. This man deserves way more respect than he's given. Even if somehow Washington wants Brian Robinson to be there, who slipped to like the fourth round, uh, stop thinking that that's whatever. Pick a number, Bill. I'll let you talk in a second. And Antonio Gibson deserves a little bit of respect. And I, I, I'm not trying to draw comparisons to Jonathan Taylor because nobody is Jonathan Taylor. But once again, Carson Wentz is the perfect quarterback to have a good running back game with, and they have it with Antonio Gibson. And this man shoulders a lot for the guys. Like uh, Jordan said, 258 touches. Yeah, that was behind a terrible offensive line and an even more decrepit offense in general. So Tyler Heineke, Taylor Heineke, whatever his name is, not even close to what Carson Wentz even is, which is sad enough as it is. I'm not trying to be mean to him, but um, – Antonio Gibson to the moon, all about him. He's going to be in that. I don't know if I'm going to say he's going to be running back one or running back five, but he can easily be right back in that running back 11, 10 spot, maybe even above that. Go ahead, Bill. Do your thing. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate you trying to do the eight mile style of trying to cut out the knees of the arguments before I get to him. I do appreciate that style, but yes, they drafted Brian Robinson in the third round. He is going to be in there probably taking goal line work. They signed J.D. McKissick back, which if he if J.D. McKissick had gone to the Bills, like everyone in the entire situation thought was going to happen, except for Washington apparently, then this would all be fine. And Antonio Gibson's ADP would be should be higher. But with the the fact that they've been talking about it, Washington that is talking like it's going to be a committee this year, just scares the bejesus out of everyone that is going to draft him high. So while I think he is going to be the preferred back in Washington, I think that he is just going to be the top of the committee, just the, the leader of the committee, if you will. All right, we'll see. 
Moving on to the next player. I also love my man, Devin Singletary. He's a little bit lower down the list for me. Underdog ADP 101, <coughs> running back 35. And um, what I love about Devin Singletary is that he keeps succeeding and people kind of just keep sleeping on him. I mean, he's had so many running backs there with him, including Frank Gore, you know, including Matt Breida, including PFF's darling uh, Zach Moss. Um was LaShawn McCoy there with him too? I don't know. Maybe not that far back. There's There's been other guys there as well. He's played with some good – Duke Johnson is there right now. Isn't there a major fantasy analyst who stands for Duke Johnson? Isn't he one of the best running backs in the league? Okay, but uh, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. Devin Singletary keeps popping up. He flashed, in my opinion, since coming into the league. Uh, but the, the team never really trusted him or gave him a workhorse role. I never really understood why because he looked good to me. But at the end of last season, 2021, the end of the year – the last seven weeks, Devin Singletary was averaging 17 touches a game, all right? And he also scored six touchdowns during that time, which was a really solid number, and they were actually giving him the ball near the goal line. I don't know if they were maybe going out of their way to protect Josh Allen a little bit more, but I do remember him getting attempts that I thought earlier in the season he wasn't getting, but that's indicative of everything I'm saying. He was getting more attention in the offense, one of the best offenses in the league, all right? In those last seven games, he averaged 73% of the offensive snaps. That is the literal walking, breathing definition of a bell cow running back. Granted, it was only the last seven weeks, and I, but I think James Cook is a fine running back. But we saw Devin Singletary really get his true first opportunity to be that guy, and he was that guy last year, and it seemed like the Bills were willing to give him that opportunity as he kept being successful. I think they started to actually use him according to some of his his skill set. He's very efficient. Um, he can catch passes. I believe he caught th- 42 passes this last year, something like that. It wasn't a bad number. Um, people will try and tell you, yeah, he caught 40 passes this last year. That's only, uh, you know, what is that? It's only a handful less than – it's only two less than Gibson. It's only two less than Joe Mixon, um, more than Dalvin Cook, players that we associate as pass catchers in the narratives, in the shows you may listen to, in the analysis that you may hear and read, you may hear things about Devin Singletary that would make you think that he was worthy of being drafted as running back 35. Running a running back four. I don't know if I buy it. Uh, down the stretch of last season, I know he was getting a lot of attention. He was very, very good. I think he's a great league winner this year. Type of potential. You can flex him every week. Love him an underdog. Uh, and like I said, the the t- to me, the last seven weeks are a microcosm of what the Bills can do if they hand him the ball and play him on 73% of snaps. And that was a successful running back one down the stretch. Devin Singletary, go get him. League winner's tough for me for Singletary, but I will say he's a great sleeper, which I guess technically is the assignment here. So um, at, at 101, you can't do better than Devin Singletary. I mean, you can take the chance on James Cook. You can take the chance on... Zach Moss, follow that camp news. That's an going RB four. Just like this, I can't like as I'm even saying it. You know, an RB four, and he's on the number one offense. And we have decided right that Josh Allen's the number the best quarterback. So I don't understand what he needs to just let's just bump him into the running back three conversation. Ladies I don't even. Gentlemen. I don't like, even care about just, that. It's just some very strange energy from me for me. And I think that anybody and everybody watching this needs to take advantage of the fact that. Whatever for whatever reason, there's a cognitive dissonance between what Devin Singletary is and what people want you to think he is. Even so. even without all that, the 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 fact of the matter is 
is he is still the lead back right now. And for mm -hmm. him to be disrespected, to put him at 100th pick, to get him in the ninth round of fantasy drafts, to you're like, I guess I'll take Devin Singletary. It's not even a yes. There is some other people there. Yes, James Cook will probably be good in the future. But as of right now, he is a rookie running back who had He's never okay touched the ball in the NFL, career, who has never. never touched the ball in the yeah. NFL. Zach Moss, who's being hyped up for some reason in camp news right now. Uh, I'm all about getting Devin Singletary here. I'm not going to draft him where, you know, Jordan wants him to be. But if he's going to sit right here for this entire uh, offseason and once we start getting into uh, redraft leagues, I'm getting Devin Singletary on every single one of my teams. I'm not even excited about Devin Singletary. Yeah, those last seven games are impressive to me. I'm a little worried about what's going to happen in the long run. these snap shares? I'm not even talking about I, none of that. All that aside, he is the starting running back on one of the best football teams, as you've said. And to get him in the ninth round, it's very Leonard Fournette-esque last year, where Leonard Fournette and Rojo were like all back in the ninth round. And you're just like, oh, I guess I'll get Fournette. I didn't get Fournette, so it was really sad. I'm taking Singletary every time. Even if I miss on that, I don't miss anything. I miss yeah. a... I miss a random. Yeah, you miss, miss a you miss a tenth round running back who's on the number one offense in the league who broke out and was a top three running back down the stretch last season. That's what you're missing if you take him in the tenth round. It's unreal that he's available there. Um, anyway, I'm hyped up. Billy, what are your thoughts? <laughs> no, I was about to say what I'll let you two take it. No, I, I agree with what y'all have been saying. I think people are people, lol. I don't know who's scared by this, but I think people are scared that Josh Allen's going to take the rushing touchdowns at the goal line. And people are worried that Isaiah Spiller is going to come in and mean anything more than maybe a pass catching back out James of the backfield. Cook. James Cook, my bad, my bad. Um, there's going to be a, a somebody to worry about, which he's not. I mean, James Cook was a fine athlete at Florida State, but he split carries there and wasn't the lead back there. So um, that should tell you what you need to know. Well, Georgia, I don't know why I said Florida State. Anywho, I was going to correct you. I knew that wasn't right. There's, I know, I corrected my brain. Aren't you our college analyst, Billy? What the? Yeah, exactly. I got a lot of things floating around. Anywho, there's nothing to worry about here. I don't know what the worry is about Devin Singletary. He, the what he did in the last seven games was exactly what I think you're going to get to begin the season. I think that you should be in on Devin Singletary, and I do think he could be the guy because here's the thing: Josh Allen does not need to be rushing the ball into the end zone, taking those hits. Give it to Devin Singletary. And send him in. Like, that is all that we need to be doing here. I know that Josh Allen likes to take the runs, and I get it. Doesn't need to be doing it in the game, though. If he wants to stay healthy for the entire season, he needs to be trusting this running back. Maybe that's what – maybe they, they don't trust him, but I think based on exactly what you're seeing on the screen right now, those last seven games on a playoff stretch, this should be your guy. I think Devin Singletary is a perfect person to put on this list because he very well could – boost himself up way higher than what his ADP is right now. Listen, even if he doesn't, he's worth the chance. That's my thing. And I'm, I'm not, I'm, this isn't even against Devin Singletary. It's just like, even if he fails and doesn't live up to this and you're like, oh yeah, uh, I told you Devin Singletary wasn't any good. You got him in the ninth round. You already have a full fucking team at that point. Like, yeah. Yeah. All right, sorry. I'm done. Great. People yeah, are going right. to take like Ramondre Stevenson over him and it's going to be oh, ridiculous. Ridiculous. People, are, people, people. What is it? What is it that Bill Murray says in Groundhog Day? He's like, people eat blood sausage too. He's like, people mm -hmm. are fucking morons. <laughs> yep. Sure. Uh, great movie. Sure. Best movie. One of the top three movies ever made. Yeah, Groundhog Day. Go watch still it. Great. Still great. Um, all right. I'm going to finish this off here with another Bills player. This is crazy that you can get these guys the, from the number one offense so late, but I am in on Dawson Knox, currently the tight end nine. 
Um, I'm going to explain why I'm in on him to, to you in a little story. All right. So I like late round tight end drafting. And last year, 2021, Mark Andrews, he was coming or in 2021, Mark Andrews, uh, you know, he finished at, he was ranked the sixth tight end off the board, tight end nine or six. He ended up finishing as tight end one. And the season he had before that was very similar to the one Dawson Knox just had. Uh, he had 88 targets, 58 receptions, 701 yards, seven touchdowns, and played 14 games. Finishes the tight end five. Dawson Knox this last year finished as the tight end eight. All right, had 49 receptions, pretty similar. 587 yards, pretty similar, and nine touchdowns. Also, effect played 14 games, but he effectively played 13 games because he had one game that he played and he didn't score anything. And he missed two games this season. He finished as the tight end eight in points per game and overall. And he finished just five points shy of finishing as the t- number five tight end on the season. Now, why do I vo- tie this back to Mark Andrews? Because two years ago, Mark, when Mark Andrews was coming off a similar season, everybody said Rashad Bateman's going to take all the targets. There's no way that a, a, an awesome tight end who's been ascending year over year over year is going to just keep ascending. For whatever reason, people didn't want it to happen. It didn't fit the narrative that they'd built. Similar things are happening right now with Dawson Knox. This is a guy who caught, I think, like 40 passes in college. This year, he caught 49 receptions in the NFL in 13 games as a third-year tight end. And there's competition for targets on the Bills. They didn't have to throw him the ball. They gave him nine touchdowns. They didn't have to target him, you know, to get him those kinds of targets down near the red zone. They did, all right? And like I said, he was five points away from finishing his tight end five while effectively playing three fewer games than every other player that finished ahead of him this year. You can get this guy as tight end nine. He's done nothing but get better as he's been in the league. I love him right now. Um... I love him. It's him and Zach Ertz for me as late-round tight ends. I, I, I think the upside is just completely and totally unacknowledged with him. Um, and it's just because everything is run by data, and nobody can nobody can really stomach the idea that maybe something won't go the way that everyone else says it will. For okay. example, Rashad Bateman. And again, I, to even yeah. emphasize, emphasize on Mark Andrews, he did that too while Hollywood Brown had his best season of his career. And his all-pro MVP quarterback was gone. So when everything went the way that everyone would say it would go the opposite, Mark Andrews didn't just ascend. He doubled everything he did. 1,300 receiving yards this last year. He had 153 targets, 107 receptions, nine touchdowns, didn't double those. But even though everything went the way that you would think it would take it the opposite, he went the other way. Why? Because he's Mark Andrews. He's a good damn player. We know that. You saw that for the three years previously. Why can't we? Why can't we explore the idea that Dawson Knox might be a sleeping giant? As much as I like Dawson Knox, I want to say that, and I think he will get better and better, and I think that he is going to continue to get better and better. I'm not going to say that. Oh, this is the pick here. Uh, there are plenty of tight ends you can get late. My biggest thing about Dawson Knox is he's the biggest target on that team, and so that's naturally why he's going to get those red zone targets. So I think basically you're going to replicate this season, basically maybe a little bit more yards, maybe some more touchdowns. I think you're still getting the one good thing about him is you're not taking a chance on him. I think he's the safest tight end bet because even at the top, you're still not getting, if you draft Travis Kelsey and he, I mean, that's not a good example. You draft Mark Andrews and he doesn't do what he did last year. You're not getting tight end number two. If you're drafting Dawson Knox, you're getting at least tight end number eight. That's the thing. He's one of the most consistent targets. And I think that's why I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I don't think he's going to be Mark Andrews this year. I think that's something that could happen in the future, 
basically my logic on uh, Dawson Knox is he's getting better. Uh, his first two years were meh, and his last year was phenomenal. I'm just not ready to be like, he had a tight end seven year. He's going to jump to tight end four now or tight end two. I think what's but that's the is, thing. Like I just said, he was five points from being that this last year, literally I, five half PPR points. That's like two catches. And he missed what? three games. I'm telling Let's you, you are going to get exactly what you're seeing on that board right now. You're going to get Dawson No, you're Knox right. You're right. I'm just, yeah. You're, you're I right. know how excited you are, but I'm saying the touchdowns could go up or the yardage co could go up, but he's not really the favorite target on the team. And like we talked about, all right. Touchdowns still all right. All right. And then there's plenty of running backs. See, this Dawson is, this is why I need to get in here because this is wrong. The number two targeted person on the bills last year, gone. Number three targeted person on the bills last year, gone. The, that's over 180 targets that are sacrificed up into there's the air. Also, and sure, yeah, Gabe Davis also, is going to get some. There's but, also multiple tight ends on the team now, too. I'm, I'm just... Okay, the, the best one on the team. I mean, there's multiple tight ends on every team. Does that make Kravis Kelsey scared that Blake Bell's on the team? No. That Why would that scare him? Best one on the team Go ahead, is Bill. Dawson Knox. No, this he should be the third highest targeted person on the team this coming season. Should put him at 80 to 90 targets. I could even see him getting to 100 because I don't th I don't trust any of the lower guys down the totem pole. Like a lot of other fantasy analysts seem to think that, oh, well, this person's the next Cole Beasley. Oh, this person's the next Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley had 112 targets last year. That's that's factual. Well, not They're, being vaccinated to COVID. That, that's also factual. That's not going to be replicated by Jamison Crowder. It's not going to happen. I, I understand the thought process there, but it's not. Yes, Josh. Who wants to take the fireball bet? I will say Dawson Knox under tight end five. I think I think he is going to finish as tight end five, so I'll take that bet for sure. Yeah, yeah I'll take five. Why Let's not? Do it. Take five, Here, man. Here's the thing. Who is he paired with? Oh, yeah, the best quarterback in the league. Uh, what is the target share that's there ahead of him? It's going to be Stefan Diggs, who's probably not going to get any more targets than he did last, last year. And he took, and again, he took three zeros last year. Three zeros, and he still finished his tight end eight. And this, that's like, in points per game, too, with zeros. Pe people are making the same arguments for like against Dawson Knox now that they made against, like, or with for like Mike Gesicki for the people Dolphins. Mike and Gesicki for some They reason. really do. And I guarantee people are going to draft Gesicki ahead of Knox, and it's ridiculous. We're, Look at Knox. that snap share for a tight end, too. I mean, he does not leave the field. No, and they did draft one, but I don't think it matters. It they drafted not, one, and they got O.J. Howard. I'm telling you, I'm not saying he's not going to O.J. Howard was not a threat to anyone down in Tampa. He won't be a threat to Dawson Knox. Uh, look at this. You. Look at this, boys. Added from waivers. Who would do a thing like that? I actually oh, dropped him for Brian Burns. You'd be happy Looky about that. there. Oh, Josh still... Hall dropped him. <laughs> hey, you did drop fun, him. For... Fun fact. That's no, no, moron. No, no. Dude, honestly, <laughs> I'll take Brian Burns all day. I'm not upset uh, about this. Yeah, you keep your Brian funny. Burns. I actually, fun fact, my alarm is still Brian Burns for Knox at 2 o'clock in the morning. That was my original <laughs> alarm. Except I spelled Knox no, and it's been said as that since then, three years ago or two years ago, whenever it was. That's hilarious. That. Also, it hurts a little fact, bit. But... The fun fact of Dawson Knox played with A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf in college. Same team, all at the same time. Try, try playing on that one. Try playing on that wide receiver core. It was uh, he still uh, managed to get fifty targets somehow. That, te that team sucked, but he was on a very talented roster. 
Okay, well, that's enough sleeper talk. We are going to quickly, we were asked in the IDP Alpha chat on Twitter to rediscuss rookies. If any of you out there want to get in on that chat, it's popping almost every day. Every day there's at least some breakdown of the news. You can ask us questions about lineup stuff throughout the season. You can ask us about ad drops. We can review your roster, whatever. It's the best way to contact us. Contact at 50 Shades of Drunk below me on Twitter and he will get you added to that chat so that we can get that in there. But anyway, yes, this was a listener uh, suggestion that we go back over the rookies uh, in August, right before the drafts, because we did a whole bunch of draft talk, which went over really well. And now we're going to revisit the rookies really quickly. So I've got a list here and I'll just get some comments from the guys after um, maybe they've got some other opinions as well. So my, my good, this is my good wide receivers, Traylon Burks, does not appear to actually be an issue with asthma as people were thinking in rookie minicamp. He looks good to go. He's been fine in training camp thus far. I think that was a whole lot of camp news. Yes, Josh. Can I already talk on your first point? Sure, um, go ahead. I, th- I think Trail on Burks is no longer the number three if you were to do a rookie draft today, in my opinion. Uh, Trail on Burks, I think, I think was – I think everyone was super excited, and I would have done it as well. I probably might have had the conversation of doing it as number two with a replacement of – AJ Brown, but looking back on it, stats wise, Tannehill is dog. Uh, so <laughs> I personally, I would bump Garrett Wilson or Ken Walker above Traylon Burks at this point. Um, I think obviously he's still high up there and there's still a chance, but he is not AJ Brown. He is a chance to replicate what AJ Brown has done. Yes. Uh, mentioning Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson has looked fantastic in camp so far. He looks he looks like the alpha dog there. I think Elijah Moore is going to be in trouble for targets. I think it's going to end up being Garrett Wilson as the top dog there with Elijah Moore being the wide receiver too. Just based on the little small smidge of camp that I've seen, it looks like Garrett Wilson's the real deal. Speaking of real deals, Drake London is absolutely the real deal in Atlanta. I still think he'll be behind uh, pits and targets for that team. But Drake London is 1,000% exactly what he was billed to be for Atlanta and to be the wide receiver one overall um, as he was taken. You've got – I think you've got a guy. I think he, he he's earned his spot um, on the team. Okay, three more in the good category. One is George Pickens for Pittsburgh. Uh, with Deontay Johnson currently holding out still with contract, you've seen a ton of George Pickens, and it looks like we found the replacement for Deontay Johnson already. George Pickens has made himself widely, like you know, known to be very, you know, as good as as advertised in camp. Um, so I think George Pickens in Dynasty right now, if you can still get him cheap, I would try to send out an offer. If not, you might be you might get priced out um, going into the season because it looks like George Pickens might be taken. Deontay Johnson's role, maybe not this year, uh, but probably next year when Deontay Johnson wants to get paid, Steelers aren't going to do that because they never have. So George Pickens, a good pickup. All right. The last two I'm kind of not as sure about, but they just happen to be in good situations. Uh, Romeo Dubs is one of them for Green Bay. Christian Watson's been out with an injury, so that's shown a lot for Romeo Dubs. Seems to be okay in camp. I, I, I don't think he's spectacular, but he is somebody – that if you're having, you know, if you need want a rookie late in your uh, draft, he could be a guy to pick up and put in right away. And then Alex Pierce appears to be the wide receiver too in Indianapolis over Paris Campbell. We're all still waiting for the Paris Campbell breakout, but it does not appear that it's going to happen. 
this year because I, I still think Alec Pierce is the guy. He's been practicing with the ones. Any comments? Uh, no, I agree with everything you said. I do have a couple additions, if I could. Sure, go ahead. Um, Rashad White uh, is... I know that he might not be the guy this year, but he is the future in Tampa Bay. And I'm hoping uh, that means Tom Brady stays for another year because next year, Rashad White, if not this year, is just going to go off. So he is worth every single piece of his ADP. And you could probably bump him up a couple of picks and you'd be happy. Damian Pierce, just happy about his um, you know workload that he's probably going to get with Houston. Not excited about the team. The that he's sad. Yeah, I'm not excited about the team that he's playing on, but between Pierce and Cooks, that's pretty much all of the targets and carries that they're going to get. Uh, and then mm-hmm. just a, a couple I wanted to talk about that kind of grew their ADP over the last few days, or sorry, weeks, months, whatever. We drafted so long ago, it feels like a year ago. Uh, Zamir White, uh, Las Vegas appears to not be picking up Josh Jacobs' contract at the moment. Uh, so Zamir White can be a great addition, and there is no... I mean, Kenyon Drake is still there. So I think that's what scares people off of Zemir White is, oh, they got two running backs. I need someone now. Zemir White's a great sleeper to grab in the second round. Uh, and then my my absolute favorite, there's many more I'd want to talk about, but Tyrion Davis-Price is going currently in like the third round. And the San Francisco 49ers do not know how to keep a running back for a second year. So even if you're just burning your third round pick on him, I think he's worth it because uh, every single year, that seems to be the rookie running back. And it might be the guy they grabbed off of uh, undrafted free agents like they did with. Uh, well, speaking of Tyrion Davis price, they have come out and said that he might be the short yardage back right off the bat. Like that, that might just more be reason. his role immediately, which should scare everyone that has Elijah Moore or not Elijah Moore, Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell. That should just scare you right away that that could possibly be happening. Um, Tyler Algier could be the starter for Atlanta. Don't think Cordell Patterson's the future. So Maybe you uh, see a lot of him. I got to disagree with you on that. Not the future. Obviously, I'm not saying that Cordell Patterson, older than me, is the future. Uh, but definitely want to say that he could be the guy for the majority of this year. Algier is the future, and it could be interesting. He should have a good workload. But um, if yeah. you're looking for someone right now, I don't. you're not getting <clears throat> Algier right now. I mean, obviously, this is late second, early third. Oh, definitely but, not. No, I'm, but I'm saying in overall drafts. Yeah, no, for a, sure. A late I would take him over could. Brian Robinson, in my opinion. Um, and then if you have Eckler, just make sure you grab Isaiah Spiller. It looks like he is for sure going to be the, the, the number two there. He's been practicing with the ones uh, as well. No, not any worry to Eckler. Eckler is fine. He's going to be the monster there. But if he gets hurt for any reason, Isaiah Spiller is probably going to be one of the you know, top handcuffs to have this year, just based on the team he's on and, you know, just basic situation. Um, the yeah. only three. Okay. Sorry. My bad. I was no. just going to say, in my opinion, Isaiah Spiller's ranked a little too high. I know he's going to be good in the future. He was my third running back coming out. So he did get bumped under some people. I just feel like some people have way better roles to the, the lead than him, uh, even including Zamir white and Algier. So, I'm not saying take them over Isaiah Spiller. I just think that Isaiah Spiller's price tag is a little high, but if he starts slipping in that second round, that's when you start grabbing him. Do not like waste your first round pick on him. Basically. I saw it too many times in the rookie draft. All right. Obviously we got to get to the bad. Uh, John Mechie has cancer. So that's going to take him out for this entire season. Um, If you haven't done your rookie draft yet, he's still, you should still take him. He will, by all intents and purposes, be fine after this year. But um, if you need somebody to contribute right away, it won't be him. Um, 
Christian Watson has not played yet at all in Green Bay. I think that always spells out bad things when you have a receiver that's not working with the quarterbacks in the room. That's just that chemistry, and especially with Aaron Rodgers, the way that he likes to sometimes just freestyle his uh, abilities. It's never good when you don't have somebody in the room that can at least learn how to be on the same page. And Jahan Dotson just scares me a smidge um, because I, the depth chart ahead of him, it really seems like they're going to use them, including Sakurta Samuel, before him, which is bizarre to me because they took him in the first round. If you take a player in the first round of the freaking draft, he better be on the field. And they, they said he could be a, a, a punt returner, but like, Dog, that cannot be the main reason that he's on the field. He's got to be on the field. Like, C.D. Lamb returned kicks, but he also was the wide receiver, too, uh, behind Amari. To have Dotson not even playing and only potentially doing punt returns, that's a scary proposition, Washington. I really hope that's not how you're actually going to use him. Hopefully it's just camp news and they're just trying to – I really hope a, so because that's scary hype. shit. That's um, really scary. One my thing only I notes, my oh, sorry, only note on rookies is I feel like sure. people are a little bit too high on Sky Moore, especially on underdog. He's like a very, he's just like a very, he's a very trendy pick, a very mm-hmm. trendy player to back. He's a very trendy player to talk about and analyze. Next Tyreek Hill. Exactly. And it's just like, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. You know, nobody wanted to believe Tyreek Hill the first few years, but, um, you know, it's not like Marvin MBS isn't there. It's not like Juju's not there. It's not like Miko Hardman is not there. It's not like Travis Kelsey's not there. So he has a a lot that needs to kind of happen to sit, even get on the field realistically. We can't just assume that he's going to play a lot. I think people are kind of just assuming he's going to beat all those guys. And we have no real indication that that's the case at all, especially when we're talking about even if they're not elite receivers, MVS and Miko Hardman have serious NFL chops. I mean, Miko Hardman's won a fucking Super Bowl. I mean, he returned a fucking kick in the Super Bowl, right? Like, that's part of the thing that jump-started the 49, like, them winning. So, like, these yeah. guys play NFL ball, okay? And I know Sky Moore might be great in your model and his little points per pounds of, you know, kilograms of body, whatever, 5'10", blah, blah, blah. You know, um... He's still a rookie wide receiver on a team that knows what they are and seems to know what they're doing, and he's the newest and youngest guy there. So I think that we need to just remember that, you know, uh, you know, the upside, yeah, while it exists, yeah, but, I mean, it's going to take a little bit to get to that kind of realized upside for anybody. And I didn't even know who Sky Moore was until the fucking, you know, a week for the draft, if I'm being honest. So it's like – he wasn't like a Jamison Williams. You know, he wasn't like a Chris Olave type player. It's Sky Moore. I don't know who the fuck he was. And now people are trying to trying to big brain him into every lineup they can on underdog, and I think it's kind of silly. I'm going to talk one more time, and then I'm going to shut up. You said Jamison Williams. Go draft him at his ADP. Uh, I'm okay with you taking him before that, honestly. Big fan He'll of him. He'll be out six games, but when he, he comes He will back. be out some games, but this is this is Dynasty we're talking, and Jamison Williams might just be the number one pick in this entire draft. So uh, one thing I wanted to touch on before I shut up was tight ends. Um, so your man, Trey McBride, I know you're excited about him. He's the best tight end in the draft, or was, until he got drafted in Arizona. Zach Ertz yeah. is not going anywhere for at least two years. So you are waiting on Trey McBride. So it's the Dawson Knox situation. Don't drop him for Brian Burns like I did. Um, but then behind that, what my favorites are is Jelani Woods, Dolchich for uh, Denver, and then um, 
Cole Turner. Tampa Bay. Nope. K Dotten. Oh, I'm bad. K Dotten. Kyle Sorry, Rudolph. My apologies. Nope. Not definitely not Kyle Rudolph. K Dotten. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to come in and just be efficient right away. Uh, but if Tom Brady plays the second year, K Dotten's going to probably have a chance, and you're getting him super late. Uh, Greg Dolchich and uh, Jelani Woods both have a chance to jump in right away. Uh, and you're getting them a significantly later than McBride, which you're waiting two years on. I mean, he might have a role, but that's if Ertz gets injured. That's fair. Cole Turner's been, uh, while Logan Thomas is coming back, he has been getting reps with Wentz in the first team. Uh, when Logan Thomas comes back, that's Logan Thomas's job. So, I mean, at the same time, you're going to have to wait probably to use him. But Cole Turner has been in there and so I, you know, and been available. So, I hope that answers the question. Um, we didn't mention Chris Olave. I'm kind of mid on him right now because when Michael Thomas comes back, I don't know what the hell that's going to look like. Yes, so, Michael uh, Thomas comes back. Exactly. It, uh, that, that, that's another thing factoring. I don't know what to do with Chris Olave right now because I still think Landry is above him on the on the, on the the target uh, meter. And then I think Michael Thomas will be the number one when he comes back, if he comes back. So it's hard for me to speak on Chris Olave, even though he's looked okay in camp so far. So – that's all we got in rookies. Um, quarterbacks do not take a single quarterback. Desmond Ritter, if you're desperate, don't. Quarterbacks are nothing. Don't, don't, don't. They're fine being very late in drafts. Don't, don't pay for any of them. Those players. Okay, that's all we got for this week. Um, subscribe on YouTube if you can. Uh, please follow on all podcasting services. Please rate, review. Leave comments, leave any kind of feedback at all. Go to the YouTube page, cuss us out. I don't care. It's, it's fine with me. I love reading that kind of stuff. I hope you tell, do. Tell Joe that he, with the, the dude with the hat, doesn't know what he's talking about when he's talking about the commanders. Because not only are you right, he doesn't know what he's talking about the commanders. It's hilarious to read. The dude with the hat doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> and if you also happen to be in Canton next week for the Fantasy Football Expo, Please come visit us. We will be in a booth. I don't really know how the layout is set up, but I think we're kind of in the middle of the room. Um, You'll find find us. You'll find find the IDP room. You'll see us. You'll see us before we see you, I'm sure. But we'll see you. Uh, Just come find us. We'll be there. Um, That's all I got. Josh, get us out of here. Yeah, so once again, uh, not Joe, even though Joe's outros really aren't even close to his intros. So I just want to let you guys know, we appreciate you riding with us. Uh, possums for life and uh, IDP Army. That's it. That's it. That's the whole thing. That's the whole. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.